Three, two, one, go. My necks, my backs, my pussies, and my cracks. <laughs> Welcome. Wow, you're really satisfied with yourself. Episode 163. You're grinning. Of I Learn Nothing. <laughs> A philosophy podcast for idiots. I've never smiled at my niece and nephew the way that Ben is smiling right now. I thought of that intro earlier, and I was like, I can't wait to break it out. I can tell. My necks, my backs, my pussies, and my cracks. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, crackers. Welcome, crackers. My name is Benjamin C. Cholock, executive producer of philosophy at Princeton University. And across from me is my chagrined uh, pupil, Pat. Yes, how are you? I'm good. I'm your I'm your eager pupil. Yeah, you're eager. <laughs> you're I just can't wait. Eager on your knees, just ready to learn. <laughs> I cannot wait to be absolutely destroyed by knowledge. <laughs> yeah, with your little mitts together, just praying for knowledge. Yep, I can't wait to be filled with knowledge. <laughs> yeah, you're about to be filled, my man. Nice. <laughs> my, my boy. To the brim? <laughs> to the brim. There's yeah. going to be so much knowledge. There's going to be a meniscus of, of knowledge hmm. abo- above the brim of your... Uh, of your uh, knowledge vessel. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe we have a, a humans have an inherent need to to teach because maybe that's what happens because you learn so much shit you got to talk about it. You, you got to talk it about it. You, you got to spread that knowledge. What, you, otherwise, what, you're going to overflow. Someone at at the heights actually told me something that I for some reason I always remembered is that knowledge is the only thing that can that can truly be shared because you accept knowledge. And you still have it, and when you spread it and share it to someone else, you still have it, but now they have it too. It's the only thing that's truly shareable. Interesting. Because everything else, when you share it, quote unquote, you're reducing a little bit for yourself to give to others. And was he explaining knowledge is just duplicated and given to someone else? And he was telling you this as he was hurling books. Hurling books. Yeah. That's how he shared the knowledge. Right. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he didn't seem to understand at the time that that you didn't have to physically right <laughs> you know uh, uh install that knowledge Ben's by, by punishment heaving these, these thick leather bound volumes at my head ben's punishment was he got hit by the book and then had to read the book yeah and then like do a report that was my it. punishment for getting hit yeah <laughs> if i dodged it i didn't have to read well it. that's what's being that's what being catholic <laughs> is you get punished and then you get punished for getting punished yeah for like getting caught speaking of catholics what <laughs> we're talking about a catholic philosopher today who uh, is oh, hold on let, let me guess saint patrick no not a, not a saint okay hold on let me think. not yet um not yet okay maybe that's uh some sort of hint i'll give you a hint. Uh, i'll give you a hint oh she Tolkien. is new she she um i don't know 
We're talking about uh, episode 163. Joan of Arc. No, not Joan of Arc. She's not new. She died like 800 years ago. Well, she's new to someone. That's the beauty of literature. I guess she's new compared to like the fucking dinosaurs. Well, no, if I was a little kid and I was listening to this, oh, I might, I might be like, you've who's heard of Joan of Arc? Who's Joan of Arc? She was Why do you alive. listen to this podcast? Why was she born alive? <laughs> she heard voices. Do you think that saints were just crazy people? <laughs> Like, that's a kind of a deep thing to say for a little kid. That's deep for a little kid, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I think they were uh, just mystical geniuses, according to William James. Hmm. Which is someone Your mentor. Else, my mentor. No, he's not my mentor. Uh, although I do like I do like William James. I, I, I kind of vibe with him. He came up with pragmatism. We talked about him. He's kind of a father figure. I wouldn't say a father figure. Hmm. He's more avuncular. More of an uncle figure. <laughs> <laughs> like, uncle figure. He's my philosophical uncle. <laughs> oh wait, so speaking of philosophical uncle, so who is this crazy Catholic we're talking about? This crazy Catholic Catholic lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh her name is Gertrude Elizabeth Sorry. Margaret Anscombe. What? Yeah. <laughs> Again? All right. Well, no. Gertrude, Elizabeth, Margaret, Anscombe. You said it like I was gonna be like after you said the first like name like the first name the first that, three names i would go oh fuck it's that person i would finish it with you but <laughs> no, i don't you have no idea who that I, you said it like it was somebody i would you've know. never heard of this woman well no i, I would sure say you haven't i wouldn't say never heard i would say that i've definitely dabbled and i've definitely you think you've heard her name before oh i anscombe yeah i've definitely <laughs> i like your your full of shit look no you're wearing, what do you mean? you're wearing your full of shit look what's my full of shit look i don't understand what <laughs> well, that you're, means you're kind of like grinning and squinting a little bit and you're like no i i know her i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> definitely what are you talking about i've 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 heard of her yeah no. i mean look i never met her but she's know. also known as gem right <laughs> Ascom. of course <laughs> right gem Ascom. uh yeah she was uh she was born so here's what's weird <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of things weird. What? She's not only Catholic. She is a convert. Was a convert. She's, Whoa. She's a dead woman now. So hold on. So yeah, because because so, you she's said currently she's dead. not. So she's currently dead. She's currently dead <clears throat> and in heaven. Okay. So she converted to the one true religion. And I guess what's happening, and the thing that's kind of strange about death is that I guess so she's just dead forever now. She's dead for the rest of of time. Yeah. But then we come. But then we're resurrected. We're so all resurrected. Oh, okay. Yeah. So never mind. So she's not dead forever. One day, according to her, and according to. To everyone who's right. Who's, who's, who's so right. hold on. So so she's fucking dead right now. She's fucking dead. <laughs> and so she, but she's on. I'm path. sure that's how her family likes to remember her as. Well, look, fucking she's dead. A, she's on path to being a saint. That's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if she'll be a saint. I mean, like she didn't do anything particularly saintly. What? Not not the like. I mean, you have to do you have to do extraordinary things. Oh, don't I you thought to... you said she was going to be a saint. No, she's not going to be a saint. Oh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to the Pope. And but it's not even considered. It's not even on the table. And that sign out of perverts out in out in Rome. Yeah, those guys. So <laughs> it is. Um, it's not currently on the table. Uh, I don't. Not that I'm aware of. No. When I die, but, I would like people to try to. You want to be uh, canonized? I would like to join the sainthood <laughs> i'd like to become a saint and i think that the the magic of <laughs> catholicism is that shit. everyone can be a saint anyone can you know what's weird is that actually that's more that's opus day that's opus day's like philo- main philosophy what is that every everyone can be a saint hmm yeah mm, that sounds weird yeah i mean like, coming from them i don't like that yeah it is weird coming it from sounds them. like a power grab um a little bit it's that is actually kind of it's kind of a theological power grab 
It's like saying winter is coming. It's like kind of a threat almost. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's a saint. (laughs) Everyone can be a saint. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, no, I don't think she's a. You have to. You have to do shit as a as to be a saint. Well, yeah. Don't first. I'm. You have to. Don't you have to like. You have to do some miracles. Some miracles, like three at least, right? Yeah. You have to do. I think three. And these have to be very old rules because nowadays it's like i mean come on like yeah what miracles are new people but also how can you do it and not have people find out about it until after your death like come on right so um there's did you know that the where the term devil's advocate comes from um i believe it probably comes from like a like a mma (laughs) chat room in the 90s or something i don't know what that's literally that's it's a uh, uh, advocatus diaboli. It's a it's the it's the term for when a saint or when someone is is in the process of being canonized. Right? There's two sides that basically one argues for their canonization, and then there's someone like a priest, like an actual like oh person who's known colloquially within the the church as the devil's advocate. What their job is basically their job is basically to argue that this person should not be a saint. Okay. And they are supposed to bring up examples on why they might have committed certain sins or been a shitty person. Wow. So how whoa, so hold, yeah. hold on. Because so, it has to be a fair wait it has a to be as fair a, a process as possible. So there has to be someone assigned to the side of like this person shouldn't be a saint. They actually up, weren't that cool. To dig up dirt. To dig up dirt. That's the devil's advocate. It's a real like thing. In the church, so there's a person. Church. There's a person. There's a. It's a priest, an ordained priest, who's in charge of like a renegade priest, maybe. No, it's not a renegade priest. He's like that's his job in the church. Yeah, but he's I bet he's out of, I bet that. he's out of control. He's probably out of. I bet this guy is a you, hard drinking, like like <laughs> tough as nails, private eye type guy. He's who, introduced in the movie of about him. He's introduced with uh, you know, like you don't see his face. You just see like the cameras at bar level, mm-hmm. right? And he slams down a shot glass. Yeah. And then, you know, and someone behind him goes, Advocatus Diaboli. And he goes, that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Holy shit. <laughs> that's the devil's advocate. <laughs> Dang, yeah, that's that's fucking wild. Yeah, I cannot believe that He's there like is... He's slightly out of focus. <laughs> that there, there is a guy, a renegade priest, whose entire job... He's not a renegade. <laughs> well, I know, but he plays by his own rules. No, he doesn't. Actually, he plays... By canon law, but he gets results, and that's the important <laughs> no, thing. No, sometimes about. he doesn't. This everything that you've said. The last like four things you've said have been not true. Well, I don't know. I mean, how often, do you know? Well, not often. Actually, the devil's advocate probably wins more often than not because I'm thinking more. There's not people... that many saints added, right? Well, how often? Do, how often are saints added? Is it like a constant thing? I mean, does it like yeah, not mean anything anymore? Uh, like it's sort of like in the, like being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Did you record one album? Who cares? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah. So what? How often is this happening? I don't know. I don't know how often it happens because this guy, from what I'm hearing, is really just out of control. <laughs> but getting results i mean i think we can his all his name is giovanni i you think giovanni, giovanni gets results. Yeah. <laughs> he's from from america though he changed his name <laughs> he changed his name to something italian yeah when he became ordained he's yeah. like i want to i want to be more italian now you must call me giovanni, giovanni. and everyone's giovanni. like i mean i guess <laughs> like, like, fine sure if you, if that's what makes you happy yeah. like well, giovanni turner okay. welcome to the welcome to the the welcome to the catholic church <laughs> So there's a guy who has like an office. So there's the office of the 
the, the devil's, devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah. And so there's a secretary. I don't know if that's his official title because it would be weird if <laughs> that was your if title. someone's title, like in the name, you belong to the devil. Yeah, the devil's advocate. Um, but that's like his nickname or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like uh, you know, when you're canonized, it's like think of like there's the prosecution and the defense, and he's kind of like the prosecution. He's like. Like no, this this guy, this person was a piece of shit. Actually, so hold on, so <laughs> he shouldn't get to. So the, there uh, are multiple, I, I mean, probably hundreds a year, uh, hundreds of times a year that there is this guy who digs up dirt on someone yeah, who make, doesn't build a case, builds a case for why this person should, and not so be just canonized. reveals all these horrible things about this person for the world to see. Well, it's not necessarily it, like, ruins digging, your reputation. I guess, I guess it's not necessarily just digging up dirt. I well, mean, like this I, it would does. suffice. It would suffice to just prove that they never, uh, like, uh, what's the word, performed any miracles. But what they could say, like, oh, that's actually bullshit. They, like they didn't, you know cure that guy's blindness what do they find out they're a murderer like what do they stumble upon a murder case well then that's pretty open and close open and shut case yeah that, that you can't. the guy's not fucking gonna be yeah saint if he murdered someone i mean if we define murder oh and here's what's interesting when we're talking about uh mrs anscombe yes uh we we will talk about the definition of murder <laughs> what the definition of murder what makes murder wrong uh, also, what makes an action wrong? Uh, her whole theory of eth- so she's actually quite fascinating. What's her deal? Um, so okay, I found out about her. I've known about her for a long time, but I never really delved into her actual philosophy because she was always, in my mind, kind of sidelined because of her position. Her position was the editor and literary executor. Uh, she was a philosopher in her own right, but she was the the editor and executor to the writings of my main man, Wittgenstein. Really? She was uh, basically studied under him, was like one of his ac- main acolytes. Um, like basically, God, Imagine having an acolyte. Uh, Wittgenstein had a lot. I'm, I'm going to try my best not to make this an episode about Wittgenstein. Um, but she you was, love this guy. I lo- I, he's my favorite philosopher. Would you I've do said any- it before. Would you do anything for him? No. And actually, he was a prick in real life. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't think I'd want to hang out with him. I just find his methods of philosophy and his thought very, very uh, stimulating. So if he came to your door and he was like, will you help me move? You would say no? Ah, man. Actually, that's an interesting question. I might help him move. Hey, he shows up. He's like, hey. What's up, uh, Wittgenstein here? He wouldn't say what's up. He, he goes, wouldn't announce himself. He'd say, help me move. He'd, He'd go, command it. <laughs> he, goes, I, he goes, I understand that you're uh, kind of a, a He'd come a in friend. and he would treat it as a crisis. He's like, I have to move. <laughs> I have to move <laughs> and you need of, to help me. And like I'm like, that. all right, all right, all calm right. down. Fuck I'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure, why not? Why not? And then I'd, I'd ask him I'd ask him questions. I'd be like, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of Calvin? <laughs> No one listening knows. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> on our on our Patreon, check out our check out our Patreon to find to find out what that reference well, is. Yeah, Ben has an interesting coworker, is what we'll say. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben, so hold on. So this lady, what you what you okay. what bio year was she born and why? Let's go with bio. Um, also, what's funny is that she does. <laughs> It's funny that you ask why, because she does kind of get into the question of why. In other words, uh, the issue of how to define intention. What is intention? That's something that we're going to focus on, because that's what she focused on. 
But anyway, quick bio. Uh, so Gertrude, Elizabeth, Margaret, Amscombe, also known as G.E.M. Amscombe, or The Gem. Whoa. Um, no, I just call her The Gem. Oh, let's call her, her The Gem. The Gem. Her name. Yeah, yeah, we'll call her The Gem. All right. Um, she so was stupid. born uh, on March 18th, 1919 in Limerick, Ireland. What? Yeah, she was born in Limerick, Ireland. That's pretty cool. Here's the thing. This is what this is where her 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 story kind of takes some weird twists and turns in like the first fucking like 20 years of her life. She was born in Limerick, Ireland because her, both of her parents were educators, but also her father was uh in the British military and was involved on the British side during the Irish War of Independence. Yikes. Right? So she was born British. She's like English ethnically right, or but whatever. Right, but her parents were there to and her parents were oppressors to murder, to murder, to the, murder the irish the murder of the Catholic, the irish and Catholics. she later on conver- whoa this is but when she twisted. was a teenager in ireland she like fell in love with the religion and she was like holy shit she saw the light she saw the light yeah Welcome knocked home. off her horse knocked off her horse like fucking saint paul and she was like i'm gonna convert to catholicism because this shit rules and we were wrong the whole time. I don't know why we were oppressing these hey, people. Mom and Dad, we fucked we up. We fucked dude. up. I like this side better. What were the, what were the parents' reaction? Um, I that doesn't really say. I didn't didn't really get into it. Mm. Um, but so from a very early age, she found herself drawn to Catholicism. She converted as soon as she could, basically when she was in high school, um, and uh, was already very interested in like philosophy, particularly moral philosophy. Um, but she. Uh, I believe she ended up going to, hold on, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what, what the British call Oxbridge. I can't remember which one. Oxbridge? Oxbridge. So like, you know, how we have the Ivy League here. Yeah. In England, it's called Oxbridge, which is the, the, uh, collective term for, uh, Oxford and Cambridge. But it also kind of applies to like other really, really like high end, high tier or top tier English schools. So hold on. So, so if someone of... goes to one of those elite like English universities, you say that they went to Oxbridge, especially if they went to either Oxford or Cambridge. Well, la di da. Kind of. Yeah. It's very la di da. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's right. So she went to Oxford. That's the one she went to. Um, Good for her. Yeah. You know what I'm happy for? Um, and. She, hold on. Okay, that's right. So she went to college in Oxford, got a philosophy degree, and then uh, got a fellowship at Cambridge. So she actually went to both, kind of, but she did most of her. A true Oxbridger. A a true Oxbridger, yes. She's a true Oxbridger. Um, She wanted to, basically, she wanted to study under uh, Wittgenstein directly. Um, and he was at Cambridge at the time. So she, she graduated from Oxford, went to Cambridge, and basically studied under him for the next, like, up until he died. And became actually quite close to him. Um, very close. Then how close? Are Not we the way you think. Talk. Not oh. the way you think, because A, he was probably gay. And C, she was a devout Catholic who married kind of early. Married another philosopher named Peter Geach. Um so there was no like hanky panky between her and Wittgenstein. It was a very much a 
purely professional relationship. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I not, guess that's okay. Not juicy at all. <laughs> yeah, really. I thought this not was about, yeah, I no. thought we were going to start, you know, putting the, the lights down and turning on some candles for Benny After Dark, but it turns out, no. No, not, not nothing in Nothing sexy not in, at all. Not in this episode. There's emphatically not a lot, not, there is no sexiness in this episode because None? no because she was a profoundly devout catholic and also from ireland so also right. like right away they're not the most sexual <laughs> they're not people. the most sensual people it's no. not it's like you have like ireland over here and then brazil like oh, <laughs> on yeah. the other side <laughs> both catholic countries which is weird <laughs> yeah holy shit that's the that's what's bizarre about being catholic yeah yeah you can be weird. irish and brazilian you could be irish or brazilian in brazil <laughs> in brazil um this is this this episode is nowhere near that's the thing is <laughs> there's a lot of like irish and english catholic philosophers i couldn't name a single brazilian philosopher because they're too busy fucking <laughs> to, to <laughs> even Lord. to even think abstractly yeah that's why that's why you can't name any because they're too busy having sex <laughs> they're too busy that's why they're too hot <laughs> they're far too hot um, if you're Brazilian, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Shout out to the Brazilians. Hey, at least you're getting laid. <laughs> uh, presumably. Um, so with, with, we, we should talk, we should mention this. I won't spend too much time on this, but, uh, uh. Back to Brazil. But no, no, back to Gertrude. Damn it. Back to the gem. I thought we were going to talk about Brazilian babes. Uh, the gem was, uh, very much, first of all, not, look, devoutly Catholic and, uh, by extension, very quite conservative actually she's a very conservative uh philosopher um and she was actually uh she has written she wrote so she she was mostly active post-war um like she studied under wittgenstein in the late 40s up like i said up until his death in 1951 they became so close uh that she went to visit him uh on his deathbed and on his deathbed he was like wittgenstein basically was like you you're gonna translate my last work the philosophical investigations seminal work in philosophy uh one of my favorite books of philosophy translated from what to what from german from german to um to english and she knew german no that's so i i don't know because if she no here's the thing that she... is the funniest deathbed bit ever. <laughs> no. You have to translate. First, you have to learn an entire language. She learned German under Wittgenstein. She kind of had to because Wittgenstein refused to learn English. <laughs> refused <laughs> He to. taught at an English university. <laughs> what? And like he like barely knew English by the time he died. Wrote entirely in German. Everything he wrote. <laughs> was in German. Then. That's so funny. <laughs> That's how brilliant he was. They were like, we got to get this guy. All right. And he would like, he, <laughs> I remember, so I, I might have mentioned this in the, the the two-parter episode that we did on, on Wittgenstein, but he... No memory. Like, I know, I know. Why would we I We did fucking, a two-parter? We did a two-parter on him. Huh. It was also the hundredth episode. I made sure of that. Oh. <laughs> um, Interesting. But Wittgenstein... Planning ahead. Wittgenstein could barely speak English. Like he 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 learned enough to like get by in England <laughs> to teach there too to have a job at like to a, have a job at the most prestigious the, the most prestigious university. Yeah, he could get by, I guess. Yeah, um, he what a would, fucking asshole. He was an asshole. He, he sounds asshole. like your grandpa, just refusing to <laughs> learn refuses English. Refuses to learn English. Yeah. So he he like uh, taught seminars there for like his entire like the latter half of his career, uh, 
and would like speak basically in broken English, like intermixed with German, <laughs> to the point where his students, he would start rambling. If he would like get off on a tangent, like a thought, like a thought tangent, um, and he would just kind of like talk out loud, but he would like eventually fall into German. He would just fall <laughs> back into German, and so he would just be like thinking out loud these <laughs> profound philosophical thoughts that in, no one can understand in German, and his students had to. <laughs> very timidly raise their hand to remind him that he's in Cambridge so and he funny. has to speak English, <laughs> had to re- gently remind him to speak English, um, to which he was always furious, always, <laughs> always furiously reminded that. Oh, no. Um, you know, or exasperated or anything or, and stuff. So he, okay, so yeah, and so when it came to like writing his thoughts out and writing his notebooks, it was all in German, all in German. And, uh, the gem, uh, G.E.M. Anscombe, she she was his favorite student, basically, um, because she put up with his shit, uh, like liked what he had to say in terms of his philosophy, um, and you know, identified with his philosophy so much that she took it upon herself to learn German in order to better understand what the fuck he's talking about. Jeez, so she was all in. So she was all in with his like method of philosophy, which is something I, I also want to do a separate like episode entirely on his methodology, um, which is more of like a basically a therapeutic approach to philosophy. It's like teasing out, you know, the questions of of, of these big of these big yeah, a little teasing. A little bit of a uh, little teasing? Yeah, a little slap and tickle. You know of, of the of these questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Just to let him know, it's still there. Yeah, but it's basically trying to like kind of his 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 approach was more about like teasing out the meat of the questions than trying to find an answer. If that makes sense, like he's trying to find out exactly what you're asking, how you're using the words that you're asking the question, how you define the terms. Uh, you know, in in question, right? The, the the things that you're trying to figure out, like instead of saying what is free will, he's like, well, what do we mean when we say free will? Okay. What do we say when someone like makes a a, a free decision? So like, it sounds like what he's like teaching uh-huh. needs to have very specific words needed to convey this. Yeah. Like, like it sounds like this isn't just generalities. These are very specific things. Yeah, in a language he refused to learn. <laughs> so he was doing it in in German, basically. Amazing. Um, the reason why he, he ended up, so he ended up, uh, I mean, he he didn't know English. It was just like he just hated it. He just hated it. he liked thinking and speaking in his native tongue. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, that's what he was used to, that's what he was comfortable with. Um and then, you know, when it, when it got translated, he knew enough of the, of he knew enough English. He knew English. He wasn't like it's not like he didn't know English. Well, it sounds he like you're like, saying that he uh was a fucking idiot and just could not speak the language no, 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 at no. all. No, he could speak it. He just like didn't like it. He didn't like operating in that language. He liked operating in English. Uh, and in, in German, sorry, in German. Um, well, how about you? You go do it in Germany, sir. That's what I would say. Okay. I kick down the door in the middle of the lecture well, and say, "Go back to Germany," and then throw a brick at him. So the thing is, the first, the first time he left Germany. So again, I'm trying not to make this about Wittgenstein, but just as a quick recap. Yeah, Wittgenstein left Germany to base or no, in Austria. He's from he's from Vienna, um, but they speak German there. Uh, he. 
left Austria to study under, uh, first of all, he wanted to study engineering originally, engineering and mathematics. And then he got into mathematics. And then he got into really, really abstract mathematics. Sure. And then from abstract mathematics, he got into philosophy because he wanted to know about like the foundations of mathematics and why two plus two equals, yep. equals four. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, he wanted to get to like the, the, the bedrock of it. And at the time, the main guy to study that sort of shit under was Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell. Um, and he was extremely English. <laughs> it was very English. That's probably why this guy hated speaking English. Probably reminded him of his, this fucking guy. Well, so yeah. So they were... he. So basically, Wittgenstein was an acolyte of Bertrand Russell for a very long time until Wittgenstein, frankly, like outgrew him. <laughs> philosophically to the point where he actually started to to think and call Bertrand Russell an idiot. He <laughs> 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 like kind of like surpassed him like the you know the student becomes the te- the teacher sort of moment. Yeah, like um, you and me on this podcast. Yeah, how you've surpassed me and mm-hmm. now you hold me entirely in contempt. Oh, I mean for <laughs> a very long time now. So, yeah, uh so that's why he went to England in the first place. And then World War One broke out. He went back to Austria to fight on the Austrian side against England. Hell yeah. This is the balls that this guy has. He really does. He wrote he wrote his first work, the Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, in in a POW camp, I think he finished it, and turned it into Cambridge. Uh he he like had it like smuggled out of, of a fucking uh POW camp. Jeez. Uh as his like dissertation basically to get his phd at, at cambridge um this is the famous story where you know after world war one ended he went back to cambridge to defend his thesis uh and it was bertrand russell and this other uh philosopher named g e moore they uh kept asking him all these questions to which he was responding pretty you know uh actively in, in broken english in broken English. Shut until, up a you face. Until what if fi- that was his response? Until finally, uh, finally he got uh, like frustrated with their questions and stands up, goes up to them, claps them on the back, and he says, don't worry, you won't understand this anyway. Jeez. And he walks oh, out. Oh, I remember this. And then they give him, yeah, big dick energy. Yeah, <laughs> That's, uh, someone, that is him. Someone who listens mentioned that <laughs> this story shows that Wittgenstein had big dick energy. Holy shit. He, he kind of slaps him on the shoulder and says, don't worry, I know you'll never understand this, walks out of the room, and then they award him his dissertation. Yeah. His, huh. his, uh, his, his whatever, PhD. So then what is this? So this lady is, is so this studying lady under is him. Is studying under him, okay, under Wittgenstein, and, and adopts basically his whole uh, philosophical approach. Now, Wittgenstein dies, so we can stop talking about Wittgenstein. He's Thank dead. God he's, he's dead. He's fucking dead. Um, what year is this? He dies in 1951. Okay, okay. now, uh, you know, the little duckling has to grow up. Yeah. And, and do her own philosophy. This mick's got to find her own way in the world. This, well, she's, again, she's not a mick. She was a... She, she was an English woman. She's a limey. Well, she's born in Ireland. She's a limey stationed in, in mick country. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, but she she basically kind of like she converts to Mickism basically, yeah. which is what I like to call Catholicism. Going native, she she goes native. Yeah, she kind of goes native. Yeah. Um, and um, so now you know she trots back over the whatever the the Irish Sea, I believe that's, that's the Irish between Sea. The two. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and starts lecturing all these Britons uh, about ethics. That's yeah. one of her main things. And of course, let me guess, they're receptive. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. 
Um, she. So I want to start off with a really interesting, very, very. This will this will be a good intro to her philosophy. Um, she is remember devoutly Catholic, but she also makes a point to not try to let her Catholicism uh, and like Catholic theology influence her moral philosophy. She tries to find a like a um, a foundation for her moral philosophy independent of her religion. Okay. Um, but obviously some of it is going to seep in, but so she has very, very, uh, uh, like absolute positions and absolute, you know, opinions on certain moral, uh, and ethical, uh, issues of the time. One of them is, uh, or it's manifested in, uh, this one incident that happens basically in 1956, uh, Oxford university is planning on giving, Harry S. Truman, an honorary degree. No way! Are you kidding me? That's what fucking Jem said. All right? The Jem is like, oh, fuck no. This guy does not deserve an honorary degree. What is she so mad about? The bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, that'll... Yeah, okay. She says, this guy, Harry Truman, is a mass murderer and a genocidal maniac. This guy does not deserve it. This guy belongs behind bars. She she hates Harry Truman. She says she thinks that he committed a a devastating war crime because he killed countless innocent people hmm. uh, in the bombings of Hiroshima. What and a woke scold! I mean, kind of. It's like a, it was a big deal at the time because everyone everyone was like, "This is this is a case where she's going against like the the grain here because you know history is written by the winners, right? Yeah, we won, it really is. We won the shit out of that war." Um, and we'll do it again. And there's like a, isn't there like a, there's like a Norm Macdonald quote or something. It's like, isn't it, isn't it weird how like, you know, uh, I don't remember what the quote is. Never mind. I retract that. You that retract the joke. I retract the joke because I can't remember how it goes. <laughs> Look it up. Norm Macdonald said something about good guys writing history. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys find you guys the joke yourself. Out. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, welcome to Isle or Nothing, the first podcast that gives you homework to, to find the jokes. <laughs> I got I got a lot on my plate. Yeah, right. I got okay. Also, also got this. Also teach. this. Uh, Chris rocks bigger and blacker. Go, go. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen that. In a, I might revisit that. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> have you seen it recently? I have not. Okay, I wonder if it holds up. <laughs> I bet it does. Yeah, it probably. Yeah, does. I bet it does. Um, there was another Carlin thing that I thought was funny that I saw. I saw this on Reddit where he says like, think of the, you know how like the average person is pretty stupid, and then sure, if you take the average person. That means that half half of the people in the world are stupider than that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, um, George Carl George Carlton. George Carlton. <laughs> okay, yeah. Look up George Carlton George on YouTube. Carlton. Yeah. Let us know what <laughs> your favorite George comedian. Carlton yeah. joke is. <laughs> Him and Richard Pryat. He's <laughs> a really good, really good comedian. Brian Hicks. He fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Wright, he's a good one too. And Michael Hedberg. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, where was I? Uh, you were oh, talking yeah. about how this this lady is fucking pissed about this Harry S. Truman character. Yeah, she's pissed that, that Harry S. Truman is being honored because she thinks that he's a murderer. She's a Dewey head. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she voted for Dewey. <laughs> 
Um, no, she is. She did not vote for Dewey because she's not an American citizen. Doesn't um, have the balls to be. Is not because she's dead and was not because she was British. Um, but so this is where we get into like this this issue of. She believes that Harry Truman is a mass murderer. <laughs> okay. Whereas most people, I mean, obviously, this is, she's probably one of the first people to really come out publicly, a very public intellectual to come out and publicly say that the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were morally wrong. And you think that they're morally wrong too, right? Um, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah. I, th- I think so too. I mean, like, and this is interesting because we'll discuss this. This she. Gives, oh, we will. will yeah, we. Yes, we will. Um. Uh, it has to do with her ideas about like intention, about um, you know, wh- what it means to kill innocent people. You know, uh, what is the definition of murder? You know, is murder is it conventionally understood as the killing of innocent people? What it takes for you know, uh for the deaths of innocent people by a certain action if that whether how that con- how that can constitute murder whereas other actions that lead to the death of the deaths of innocent people um might also not be necessarily murder what what the difference is like what makes the difference um she gets into the nitty-gritty of that um she but she, so kind of to jump ahead the the her reasoning is that uh Harry Truman a lot of people would say, well, no, he didn't murder anybody, right? He just like signed a piece of paper or he gave an order um, that resulted in the deaths of innocent people, right? Um, she argues, no, she, he, he, A, knew what he was doing the entire time, B, uh, you know, intentionally used this weapon that would have to kill a lot of people. Uh, and she argues that his intention was to kill all of these innocent people because the killing of all those innocent people leads to the magnitude and the the shock that would inevitably lead the emperor of Japan to surrender, right? Or the Japanese to surrender. She's arguing basically that the Japanese surrendered because of the magnitude of, of the bombings, right? How big it was, how shocking it was, how much death resulted in it. That's what led to their capitulation. Um, and that's the only thing that would have led to an unconditional surrender. What if too. he still didn't? Like, then if they still didn't surrender? Surrender? What happened next? I mean, then we would have had to invade. We would have had to just, like, put a stop to the to the Japanese military machine by any means necessary. And that would be... That would mean, but here's here's where it's interesting, or here's where where this is the fulcrum that like there's uh, a G- fulcrum the GEM Anscombe kind of finds to separate the these two ideas this the the these this kind of like split issue of like yes we needed to end the war right the war is a bad thing and it needed to end right so some call it. A world war. It was, yeah. Many called it a world war. We all now call it a world war. Uh, She was. This was back in the day when the war was still ongoing. It was a current event. (laughs) Yeah, and they want everyone wanted it to stop being a current event, Um, and that meant stopping the Empire of Japan from mobilizing its forces and continuing to fight. Stop it! Stop! Stop fighting! You guys, stop fighting, please. Okay. What 
what's it going to take to get you to stop? Okay. Now, there are people, obviously, who argue uh, still to this day that the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were exactly what it would have taken, the only thing that would have taken, that, that it would have taken to get uh, Japan to stop fighting, right? Um, that bombing resulted, other people would argue, it, it merely resulted in the deaths of, of hundred, hundreds of thousands of, of, of innocent people. Right, people who had no at all, no involvement, like civilians who had no involvement in, in, in economically in advancing the war machine in, in Japan, in like supporting the troops in, in whatever way possible. Like, there's a ton of people who had nothing to do with, you know, what the, um, with what the Japanese military was doing, right? Uh, so that's the category of innocent people, right? Now, she's saying that. There is hypothetically a case where the deaths of these innocent people would be okay, uh, as a as like a what's it called like a like an unforeseen consequence or even a foreseeable consequence. Uh, but the problem is that the bombings, the intention of the bombings. This is what's important. There's the word intention. She's she goes on to write an entire book called Guess What intention <laughs> whoa and then in parentheses fuck you truman fuck you truman Ki- kind of um you suck <laughs> you're fucking dick truman um hold on real quick as a side note i want to see if i can find this um the one of the books or one of the things she wrote uh there's a um this is everyone's favorite part of the show where one of us is yeah, well, one of us is looking something up, trying to find something that they're like, "Why? Well, I, I know I have it. I know I have it somewhere on my thirty-five open tabs." Right. So, so <laughs> uh, there's this because, like, I'm reading this article about her and her philosophy, and all of her writings are referenced by like the initials of it. So it's all like MTD or uh, or uh, Wham W A M. Wham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's kind of weird that she's called, referencing them. Uh, What's it called? MMP, uh, Modern Moral Philosophy. But uh, so she starts off with this pamphlet called uh, in 1956. She wrote it in, she had it published, sorry, in 1958, but it was after in 1956 that Truman was given this degree. And the pamphlet is called Mr. Truman's Degree. <laughs> so it's, so, so the, the, the initials are MTD. Um, so Mr. in this, Truman. Mr. Truman's Degree. <laughs> I say thee nay, Truman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Harry S. Truman gets an honorary degree from Oxford. One uh, Irish woman is intensely pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this, uh, she expands this pamphlet into this, uh, this book called War and Murder. It's called War oh. and Murder, where she talks about that, basically, the ethics of war and murder. That's like her main thing. Oh, so in, it's, in it's an accurate title. It's an accurate title, yeah. Concise. All of these books. Here, I'll say one thing about philosophy. For a lot of, like, especially mod, like contemporary philosophy, analytic philosophy, all of the <laughs> titles, they're not, like, sexy or, or like, creative. They're, uh, they're, the titles are about what the book's about. Just straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, yeah. Like one of the, there's some guy who like I haven't talked to yet. His name is AJ Ayer, who I want to do an episode about only because of this one quick anecdote. He got into like a verbal kind of ma- like fight with 
you'll never guess who. Um, Take, I'll give wh- you what, what year was uh, it? Uh, something sometime in the 1980s. Okay, Bruce Springsteen. No, who you got two more, two more guesses. Um, I'll give you two I'm more gonna guesses. guess, uh, Ricky Rackman from uh. MTV and the original Love Line? No. Okay. <laughs> Let me guess. Another someone from the 80s. Okay. I will say Donald Trump. No. Who? So this guy AJ Ayer got into like a like a, a public. Same Trump that became president, by the no, way. I know. AJ Ayer got into this like public debate, not a debate, like a public feud uh, with Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Isn't that fucking weird? But that's what is it. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. Harriet Truman? No, no, no. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember this one philosopher, this old, like in his 80s, British philosopher, got into like a, like a public fight. Obviously, not a fist fight, or he would die. I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he could take Mike Tyson at his prime. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> Probably that, was, not. that was prime Tyson. Yeah, prime yeah. Tyson. Um, Anyway, so I, I digress. But so, uh, the, oh, the reason I brought him up is because he wrote this book called Truth and Logic. And guess what that's about? I'm going to guess it's probably about its truth and I guess logic? Yeah, lo- yeah you're right. There you Fuck go. yeah. So she wrote, so uh, Jam wrote this book called Warren Murder. And she talks about what, you know, what is. Hi, my name's Warren Murder. How the hell are you? Yeah, what, what is it allowable to do? She basically kind of like redoes just war theory. Um, but in, in this book, she kind of characterizes, you know, what, uh, what accounts for murder in a war, right? So it's obviously going to be the deaths of, uh, of innocence, but it has to be the intentional death of, of an innocent, right? Like, let's say someone is like very, very like terminally ill and in a lot of pain. Okay. Like with whatever, the worst cancer, pancreatic cancer. I've heard that's the worst cancer. Yeah, it's uh, apparently pretty bad. Yeah. Now, I've had it twice. Someone who's (laughs) done, I don't, uh, well, whatever. I know you haven't. (laughs) Like, I know you just lied. Well, no, uh, two times, dude. It fucking sucked. So, uh, I was like, someone who's dying of of this horrific cancer is is going through a lot of pain. And a lot of people would, would argue that, like, you know, they, uh, want to you know mercy kill them or, or or put them out of their misery, right? Yeah. Um, but she argues that this is this is wrong because it would be killing an innocent person, and you would be intentionally killing that person, right? As as like the end in and of itself. I'm Catholic, right? I know, I know. Yeah, she's again. She says that she doesn't want to have her Catholicism influence her thinking, but it very clearly does. Yeah. But she at least like backs it up with with with. You know whether you agree or disagree, she has a some very rigorous argumentation here. She argues basically that it's wrong, morally wrong, to uh, kill someone as the end in itself. If the intention is for them to die, then that's morally wrong. I think we can kind of agree on that. Um, but in this specific case, she would argue, she does argue that it can be seen as morally allowable or morally permissible if the intention is skewed slightly to say it's you know i'm 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 giving this medication let's say like a painkiller uh to ease the pain the intention is to ease the pain and the death is you know uh, uh an unforeseen or not unforeseen but uh 
uh, an unfortunate side effect of this of of this act. The yes. act death is, is not good. The act is where the intention is to relieve the pain. The act, if the intention is to relieve the pain, then the act is not murder. The act is administering you know a medicine and ultimately relieving the pain. If the person dies as a result of that, that was an unintended consequence. If he dies, he dies. Okay, what is what? Is that is that from something or? Yeah, it's fucking uh, Ivan Drago. Remember? If he dies, he dies. I've never seen that movie. You never? Yeah. So all I know is I will break you. But that's the other the way one. that that movie ends is Rocky beats up uh, fucking Ivan Drago, who, by the way. He's not fighting for communism or whatever. He's fighting for himself. So uh-huh. get that through your fucking head, Ben. <laughs> okay. And then he beats him, and then he and they're in Russia, and yeah. so it's just like it's like him, and he's everyone there is Russian, obviously, and he gives like a speech for some reason. They give him a microphone, and he gives a speech about how, you know, at <laughs> a boxing match. <laughs> it's after the boxing's done. He gives an inspirational speech about how we should love each other and come together uh-huh. and set set aside our differences and like. There's someone just quietly translating it into Russian, and then everyone's like super into it. Like yeah. they, go, they go like, yeah, the crowd. Yeah, it's the corniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I won't say it like sucks, but it's corny as fuck. I mean, well, it does kind of suck, I guess. Do you know what, a lot of those movies, man? That first one is so. The first one's really good. It really is. Well, yeah, it won an Oscar. Yeah, it won Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, it won. Uh, it won Best Picture. Rocky won one Best Picture. Really, 19, I didn't know for that. 1976. Yeah. Oh, that rules. I know that. I I only remember that because I shared the same kind of like. Really, Rocky? I knew that. I thought he and won that was it before for, I watched it. I thought he won it for the screenplay. I thought I heard that. No, that but I, guess I think I it won that. Best Picture. Okay, yeah. I think it won Best Picture for that year. Cool. I mean, now I'm second. Way to go! Myself. Well, way way to go, Sly. Shout out to Sly Stallone. Congrats. You know, everyone uh, thinks I'm a fucking idiot just because I can't speak correctly. It's actually kind of hurtful. I mean, dude, <laughs> he sounds fucking dumb. Oh, he sounds like the, like he sounds like a like fucking brick. He sounds like an ox turned into a human. Yeah, he sounds still learning to speak. He sounds <laughs> profoundly stupid. Yes, but <laughs> have you seen um Tulsa King? at all uh no it's like it's it's okay is it is it about sylvester stallone sylvester stallone mocking his sylvester stallone is voice is in it he plays a mobster who uh who gets who comes out of a 20 who comes out of jail after like 25 years in jail um and the family that he works for sends him to tulsa to to start like a like a satellite uh family that kind of family there is 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 it about like one man's search for a meatball sub in, in Tulsa. Tulsa. <laughs> one Italian search. Um, no, but I bet you could find like you could make a decent meatball there with all the beef. There's a lot, yeah, of, cow- a lot of cows in Oklahoma. But yeah, but I don't know if they have anything beyond like salt and pepper there. That's the problem. Yeah, that's right. He'd have to he'd have to bring his own seasoning because from the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> as we know, Tulsa has nothing. <laughs> nothing like you and I do. Us big city boys. Yeah, here in Austin, Texas. Here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I got a, I got a fucking home of the spices. <laughs> I got a bunch of drawers filled to the brim with spices, Ben. Spices that you, spices that technically shouldn't even exist, aren't allowed in this country. It just, it just reminds me of that thing from The Simpsons. <laughs> Marge sees that spice rack. She's like, eight spices. Some of these have got to be doubled. <laughs> <laughs> 
She picks up oregano. She's like, oregano? What the heck? <laughs> this is no idea what it is. No idea. Has never heard of oregano. Uh, oh, the Simpsons. The They'll Simpsons. always be good. I guess, yeah. I mean, the, the, the those first 10 seasons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it leaks into a few more. Anyway. The thing that me and Ben is that we only like, like the early Simpsons. We only like early Simpsons? Before I got bad. I mean, like, it's not like I hate it. I just... <laughs> I did like I tried to watch all of them. I tried. There's to go, a lot of it that I do hate. I mean, yeah. I, I got to season 15 and I was like, I'm, a lot. Yeah, I'm it, out. it just I'm generally, out. yeah, it yeah just, I can't do it. Kind of becomes bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, and I was like trying. I was rooting for it, but I can't. Just can't do it. Why root for you? Thank you. Um, mainly for you to watch more uh, Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll go back. I believe I'll, in you. I'll pick it up where I left off. Yeah. Oh, by the way, bitch. What? I'm almost done with chapter with chapter house Dune. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. yeah. So Ben is. So you're gonna owe me seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I owe you absolutely nothing. Ben <laughs> is finally decided to finish a book, and he's finished several in the series, and has. I, I guess it's an extra like twenty grand every time you finish a book or something. Yeah. 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 You owe me a lot of money. This sucks. I'm gonna have to pick up a lot of doubles. <laughs> yeah. But also, I I really don't recall signing anything. If you can show me some sort of documentation, I'll, I'll gladly Just, pay up. Trust me. <laughs> huh. I don't know, man. This is um, a lot of money. So let's get back to this. Oh, what the fuck was I? You were talking about... I can't even remember what, where I left off. Harry S. Truman and some of the dastardly oh, no, we're talking about. We're talking done. about... Right. Uh, the, the, the difference between... Okay, so how an intentional act is important for what determines murder. Um, so she is... So she this, this kind of like pivots us a little bit and segues us gracefully into... Basically, her like her her more important like underlying philosophy behind her ethics, behind her metaphysics, she's she's really influential when it comes to, uh, like mapping out the implications of the word intention. Okay, and how that defines action, how action is characterized by intention, and how that uh, in turn characterizes rationality, especially practical rationality, and how that in turn. Uh, influences uh, ethics, morality, uh, etc. Okay, so it's all it's all kind of pivoting around this idea of intention. So she starts. So she writes this huge book called Intention. Um, and there was kind of a cool quote about that that I wanted to bring up real quick. <laughs> Man, this lady really is to the point with these titles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Ba ba ba. So, if I could um, <coughs> sum yeah, it up, I'd like to interject. I guess. Oh, well, what, so, I guess basically what you're saying is there is no justice. There's just there's just us. us. Thank you for bringing it back finally. Um, yeah, there That's is no saying. justice. There's just us, right? Um, which is, uh, you know, as as much of a platitude as that is, <laughs> it do does mean? kind of it does kind of apply a little bit here. Uh, let me, yeah, I, I, so I just realized I didn't really wrap up the whole thing with Truman yet. So she argues, and again, we'll get into this more a little later, but she well, argues that Truman's intention, even though, okay, so his action was not killing anyone. He didn't, like, use his bare hands to strangle anybody, right? So how is he a murderer? She says that because his action was ordering the bombings right whatever whatever that took it, let's say let's say it was a you know they had to get a signature i hope they at least got a signature in order to authorize this 
<laughs> with the, the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb. Yeah, the I first have to use, The first use in warfare, the first and only use in warfare. Um, I hope they got a signature at least, you know, so so someone, we can point to someone, says he did it, right? That's that's also in a more serious uh, way. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. That's what we mean when we say he did it. I mean, like, so there was the guy, I, I even had a bit about this, the guy who dropped the bomb, the guy yeah. who literally dropped the bomb. Mort Stevens. No, no, uh, Kermit Behan, Lieutenant Colonel Kermit Behan. Yeah, I for, always forget that. Yeah, yeah. that's a, well, that's an even dumber who, name than the dumb who, name I came up with. Again, more, what did you say? Mort Stevens? Mort Stevens. Was he half Jewish? I don't know who he is. But Mort Stevens, <laughs> Mort um, Stevens was the guy who was supposed to drop the atomic bomb, but he got lost. So they just got this guy doing said. Yeah. He had no idea. He was just like, well, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, this real quick thing about this guy. So this guy, Kermit Behan, is also a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> because he did he did drop he that bomb. He dropped it, yeah. Um and that's the thing. I mean, you could argue same thing for the Nazis. You know, was he just following orders? Like he knew what he knew what was going to happen. I, maybe he didn't know. Like in terms of, oh, whoa! I didn't know it was going to do that. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure that must have been an uh, that must have been a very quiet <laughs> flight back. <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> after he dropped that bomb. <laughs> He just drove, he just flew back to base. Like, no one, because I'm sure everyone who was on that plane, because those, those, those planes take like whole crews to, to fly, really, you know, especially if you're dropping bombs. You have like at least, I, I'm guessing here, but four people there. They, so try, they try to radio in. You're going to have to give me just a second. <laughs> you got to give me a second. I did not know it was going to be like that. Rough day at work, honey? Well, yeah. <laughs> they're wearing, they're, they're, I'm sure they wear those like sight goggles. They're probably like sunburned. Yeah, you know, after like that flash. Yeah. Um. Do you want to know? You want to hear something horrific? Sure. Uh, there are uh, stories. Uh, have you ever read the book Hiroshima? Uh, I no, I don't think so. Okay, this is it's a really good book. I recommend it. It's 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 fucked up. It's it was I can't remember who wrote it. But it's a it's, oh, it's an that, account. Oh, who, who wrote it? Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> J- John Jennifer. John Jennifer <laughs> wrote, wrote Hiroshima. No, uh, I don't remember who wrote Hiroshima, but it was a it was a very very was famous John book. Jennifer? It was basically it's an account of of the bombing uh, from like three different. It's nonfiction. It's it's an account of the bombing from three different people. Um, it's like survivors. Uh, one of them, I think, is like a like a oddly enough a German priest who was like stationed in like or appointed to Hiroshima, like he ran the archdiocese there or something when it happened. Anyway, one of the one of these accounts in that book basically says that there were a lot of people who had um, like survivors, even some survivors who had uh, like eyes, their eyes were missing. Whoa. Uh, because, oh, I think, you've told, I think you've told me about this. Because yeah. when there are some people who were unfortunate enough to having been looking up when the bomb went off, and the, the, apparently, I don't know how exactly this works physically, but the flash from the bomb was so hot or bright or something that it popped and melted people's eyeballs. Jeez. Right? So they were just like walking around with like no eyeballs in their fucking skulls. Yikes. So that's one thing that happened from the fucking atomic bomb. Huh. The fucking atomic bomb. It really you really start to see what 
what this lady is so upset about. What she's upset about. And she's saying, well, it's like, so who's responsible for this? Especially for all the people, all of the, the, the people who died for no, essentially no reason, right? They were innocent people. They didn't deserve to die. Um, which is which is a little, what's a little funny is that in her definition, which is not her definition, but it's like the pretty widely generally accepted definition of murder. It's, uh, it's innocent, the deaths of innocent people, which means innocent meaning like as opposed to guilty, as opposed to someone who did something wrong. So like if you kill someone who did something wrong, it's not murder, <laughs> hmm. right? And th- there are cases of that, right? The, in warfare, obviously, if you're, if you're, um, obviously pacifists would probably not agree with this, but other, but everybody else would argue that if you're being shot at and you're in a war, the person who's shooting at you, they're, whether or not you want to call them guilty because they're committing, they're 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 acting under orders. Sure, they're still shooting at you. You have to act out of self defense. You if you kill them, they're not innocent. It's kind of like whether how, or not you think they're guilty, they're definitely not innocent. It's like how um, you know when you play Super Smash Brothers and you, yes, I'm aware, you kill the other person. Uh-huh. You kill the other person by knocking them off the ledge, and they they either fall down or they go flying off to the side into uh presumably oblivion (laughs) right yeah and then they what's what's funny is that uh i had a lot of guilt playing that game for a long time Uh uh-huh because every time i would would kill somebody in the game i'd be like you know it's kind of fucked up that for my own sick amusement just causing all this you know these deaths yeah and then finally someone uh explained to me that you know, you're not actually killing anyone. It's just a, it's just a video. Like, it's just a video game. They actually come back because you have multiple lives. You thought there was someone inside there? Yeah, I thought I was actually committing murder. Yeah, I thought I was murdering Mario and Donkey Kong and and, and all of them. And um, yeah, that was a rough couple. Well, of what's years interesting there. is that even in the realm of of Super Smash Brothers, like uh, how do uh, basically the only way that people die is by falling off something. Yeah. Right now. Um, Especially like, well, I guess you could like, yeah, like you said, shoot, you launch them, them off, yeah. launch them off into oblivion. But often, a lot of people fall, just like fall, like they can't get back to that platform. Right, right. Okay, so let's say but you they knock don't, someone, they off. don't actually die. No, I know, I know. But for, so, for, for, if I'm you're kidding. listening to the, to this and you've Patrick. wanted to play the game, Patrick. but you you thought to yourself, I don't want to kill Patrick. I don't want to be responsible for death. You won't be. This is a hypothetical. All right. So yeah, so let's, calm down. Let's uh, whatever. Let's say that the people, that the characters, little little figures you see on your TV screen uh-huh. are real, are real conscious entities with inner lives. I fucking lives. knew it. I got to be honest with you. Even when they explained no, no, to me, I think, still kind of think in the back of my head every time I do it. I go, "There's one less soul on this realm." <laughs> this realm. <laughs> Can I get to my point? Yes. So my point is. And this will be this will be germane later. Like so, you shoot them off, shoot them off into oblivion. You kill uh. them, right? There's no debate about that. But let's say you like knock them off, and they're like trying desperately to get back up. And sometimes they get back up, right? <laughs> yeah, they can jump back up. They can jump back up, but sometimes they can't. Sometimes they miss, or sometimes they, you know, maybe their buttons are sweaty and they slip. They can't quite get it back to the platform, so they fall to their deaths. Would you still say that you killed them in that case? Uh, yeah. Be- oh, yeah. Of course. Why? Because you put him in the position to uh, to fail to get back up, right? Okay, which means that you acted with some intention. Yeah, you intended to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if even I'm if, really good, yeah, and and even if so, that means that like you intended to get them off the platform, knowing that they still could get back on the platform. Like instead of shooting them off 
to, to one of the sides, right? I knocked them into, just far away enough that they can't jump back up. Right, exactly. So you can say that, like, you know, you intentionally tried, you intentionally killed them, even though they the their manner of death or their cause of death was falling with hate in my heart right and their failure to get back on mm-hmm. right it's still you who's responsible for their death right well who would say otherwise well a lot of people would say well maybe you you know you just knocked them off the platform the way they died was that they failed to get back on and fell to their oh, death oh fuck you who well, says that that's kind of what she's arguing Th- that no that is the fucking kid who's trying to outsmart the teacher in elementary okay, school okay but that's what, what that's what people prick. do that's what people do with the, with, with uh, trying to justify the bombings of Hiroshima especially when they're trying to say like the 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 the, what's they it relate it specifically to Super Smash Brothers. No, they don't. Oh. But they say, like, tr- for example, Truman is not guilty of murder. All he did was sign the order to bomb the uh, to 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 drop those bombs. Those bombs were meant to induce the Japanese surrender. But she says that there is a hidden intention in there. The in- hidden intention is exactly the deaths of those innocent people. These, the deaths of the innocent people is a means to an end. The means is that by killing so many people in one bomb, in one shot, that that the number, the high number of deaths exactly is the the reason why the uh, the Emperor of Japan finally conceded surrender, right? Yes. Therefore, the deaths of those people were intentionally caused as a means to a wider end. Now some people also would would take a different route and say, well, you know, these are these would say, these would be utilitarians or consequentialists who she argues against as well. Uh, she hates she hates consequentialists and utilitarians. Well, I way. mean, you know, it's who doesn't. But but consequentialists, especially utilitarians, which are which is a brand of of or type of of consequentialism, they say, well, the ultimate consequence is to end the war and they say therefore that's the intention the intention is to end the war and that's what truman was doing truman dropped the bombs in order to intend in, in order to end the war well yes so that might be true but she argues that's not the only intention and also the intention the intention goes down the line of every single like action right so the action was signing a piece of paper that's one end of the spectrum of arguments to justify why Truman is not a murderer. Okay. All he did was sign a piece of paper. He didn't murder anybody. Yeah, but he did laugh hysterically as he did he it. Hysterically. Yeah. And like, he, did, he did it in blood. Yeah. And he, and he just signed in, in blood. blood. And then he went, <laughs> the little devil is using his fingers for devil horns. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, no. Um, so obviously, like that's that's a pretty weak argument saying he just signed a piece of paper. It's like, well, he knew what he was doing. That he knew what the effects of signing the piece of paper would have. Right? It would go down the chain of command to this guy Kermit Behan, who pushed the button. By the way, and this is also part uh, in my bit, but this is a true fact. That guy Kermit Behan uh, dropped the the bomb in, on Hiroshima on August sixth, nineteen forty five. His birthday, yeah, is August sixth, nineteen eighteen. So this guy dropped the atomic bomb on his birthday. You're going to tell me that wasn't intentional? No. Yeah. This guy was partying. Yeah, he was having... <laughs> he was having a, bla- a blast. <laughs> Do you, is- pun intended. And that pun was intended. <laughs> hey, what ha- what happened with that guy? Is he haunted? 
No. Jim He's Lee not. Because, uh, uh, again, since I have a bit about him, I did research. This guy said, yeah, I'm glad we did it. Oh, okay. He's all in. All right, <laughs> He's enough. all in. <laughs> I guess that's better than... He died in 1991 in his bed. I guess that's, that's better than living your life being like, holy shit, did I kill those people? Like... I mean, I did, but you know what I mean. I mean, yes and no. He's he's also like just like blissfully ignorant of the fact that he committed like mass murder. He would have to be, otherwise he would go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, like God, or 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 at least rationalize it away as like, "Well, it was for a greater good." Yeah, but this is exactly the the issue at hand. GM Anscombe is saying that no, this is still inexcusable. It doesn't guys! matter. It, she said basically, she'd say. Consequentialists and utilitarians, in particular, are arguing. Well, we have to end the war, and this is—it's better to end the war than to have it go on. If this is the way to end the war, then so be it. Sorry, like this is just how it goes, right? Uh, in other words, saying it's excusable to drop these bombs because it leads to a, a greater, better consequence, right? And that's the intention. GM Anscombe says no, 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 no. This was wrong, and everyone who's involved has as a lot of blood on their hands and they should feel, they should feel bad mm. <laughs> for what they did because they're bad people mm. <clears throat> um, for killing the innocent intentionally. Um, and, uh, and, and so she would basically argue like, no, she, she would have said she would, if she were in Truman's position, she would not have dropped the bombs and she would have said, we have to find a different way to end this war. I don't know what it is yet. We have to fucking Probably find out. from being Catholic. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just what we should pray, do is just make pray them all the rosary Catholic. until they stop. Yeah, if they also just became Catholic. They'd be praying the rosary too much to be able to fight a war, guys. Guys, I'm Catholic now. I'm fucking Catholic. I'm fucking Catholic. Why don't we just make them all become Catholic? <laughs> if they become Catholic, that would be so rad it'd be so boss um <laughs> if you just become catholic so we got we, we got to kind of wrap this up a little bit we've been talking a lot about this aspect of her of her philosophy um a little bit more just about like intention this book about intention um so this goes further to talk about like you know what is intention so she basically s- kind of frames it in an interesting way she says well like let's think about when people are are just doing things uh, you know, th- throughout their day, just like random shit. What like, kind of things? Name all of them. Like driving, driving to the store. Okay, well, then what? They or get, driving to work. What right? they get when they went to the store? Well, okay, so that's it's funny that that you bring that up because, like, w- when you go shopping for groceries, right? Do you have a list? Sometimes. Okay. Or, or you just go without thinking. Yeah. Okay, but do you? So, but you go to the store, right? I do physically go. Yeah. Okay. Now, using my body. That's what you're physically doing. So obviously you're intentionally doing that, right? Otherwise, I mean, we can kind of agree that you wouldn't move your body in a direction. My legs, yeah. Right? But uh, the without arms some are kind of intention. What a lot of people don't think about, it, the arms are also involved with balance when you're walking. So just because you're you're walking using your legs doesn't mean, you know, you got to keep those arms pumping too, buddy. Okay, so are you intentionally using your your arms? Um no, what? I believe that's more of a uh, subconscious thing. It's a subconscious thing, okay? <clears throat> I would imagine. But you're still... So where is the intention? Where does the intention lie in the act? My intention to is store? to go to the grocery store, I guess, and fucking... And buy food. I'm going to get some salmon for sure. Salmon? Okay. That's that's good. Okay. So your intention asparagus. is to buy salmon. Yes. Salmon and asparagus. Okay. But how do you buy salmon? 
Well, I go to the store again. Keep in mind, so your intention, you have an intention to, to go to the store. Yes. So you have an intention to buy salmon. I do. Okay. So what she's saying basically is that intention is something that's baked into the whole process. It's not. There's not any one point where intention lies. Right. The intention is 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 there where you say when you say I'm going I'm I'm going to buy salmon. Right. The intention is always what's at the end of two. I'm going to blank. I'm doing this to blank. I'm doing this for or for this, right? Yes. This purpose. Therefore, I am there. Yeah. So the the intention is baked in throughout the process. So you you have intention you intentionally move your arms and to to swing your you intentionally swing your arms to I balance swing you to balance you as you walk. That's how I walk normally is I actually will will kind of it's almost like lunging where I my arms will swing Almost like a 360 degree thing. That's yeah. how I walk everywhere. Well, so a little, so uh, to go a little off to uh, on an aside, she uses this example of like pumping water. You say you're at a you're at like because in, in in this example, we all live in some fucking like feudal village. Yeah, where really. Where there's a central water pump, but whatever. <laughs> fuck it. You go to the water pump to get some water. I'll meet you at the water pump okay. at five o'clock. So what what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Recording a podcast. Best there is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, are you, what are you... Let's say you're going to the pump. To I'm pump going water. to the pump. Now, let's say you're physically pumping water. I'm pumping away. What are you doing? I am pumping... I'm using a mechanism to get some water because humans need water to survive. Okay. So, you are getting water. But you can drink too much water and you die, which I've always thought was kind of bullshit. Okay, fine. Let's we're gonna shelve that. <laughs> Just like why? Yes, that's why true. make us need water if it's gonna kill us. But what she's kind of what she's trying to she's not making a, a positive argument here necessarily. All she's trying to do is try to focus your attention on on how complex the issue of intention is because your intention is to get water, but then also when you're acting, right? You're literally pumping water, right? When you're pumping the water, what are you doing? You're moving your arm up and down. You're intentionally doing that, right? You 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 have to sort of intent intend to move your arm in to, in order to move your arm. Yeah. Now you're moving your arm in order to get water from the pump. Yes. Right? So you're getting water from your pump. So therefore, your intention is to get water from the pump. Why are you getting water to the pump so you can drink water? So I your can intention drink it is to and drink I can water. Well, also, so intention it, lies in every step of of the entire process. Something that you're not taking into account, though, is that you can also use water to uh, cook. You can actually boil the water, and so maybe I'm using it for that too, Ben. You ever thought of that? That's Fuck fine. Face. Okay, yeah. So the intention lies in that too. Or maybe I want to. Maybe I want to wash my stupid body. But therefore, so the what she's kind of trying to say is that. It's only where intention lies where you can actually say that it is an action, a human action, right? So you, so the example that she uses is when you're pumping the water. Let's say you're like the way I'm doing right now. You see how I'm casting a shadow? It looks like you're masturbating. Okay, yes, it looks like I'm masturbating. Fine. Because yeah. Okay, so that's another thing. So so am I? <laughs> what? So what am I doing? Am I giving the impression that I'm masturbating? This woman sucks so bad. This is her whole thing. What you're doing right now? Kind of. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. I would hate to, find... to have dinner with this woman. Okay. Fine. But have like, conversations it's still like this because this fuck. this leads into fucking like legal arguments. Oh, and does stuff. it? Yes, it does because you need to prove intent for a murder when okay. you're trying someone. Well, right? then why well, didn't know we're talking about murder? You're talking about pumping a thing which looks suspicious like masturbating. Okay, but it's but it's trying to get to. 
I'm trying to get to the idea of what an action is. An oh, action has to have intention. Otherwise, it's not an action. So if you're pumping the water and you're casting a shadow on the rocks behind the pump, right? Uh, is is that an action? Are you are you doing that? She argues, no, you're not casting a shadow on the thing. I mean, like that's what your body is doing, but that's not what you are doing. No, you're not doing that. You're that's not a doing that. Reaction of the not universe. A, yeah, that's a reaction of the universe. So that's what she's she's trying to narrow the path of where intention lies, and where intention lies, there you have human action in terms of like deliberative action. Okay, and so she's saying this all goes back to Truman. <laughs> it everything and, does and his fucking bomb right he fucking made the bomb or he didn't make the bomb he 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 <laughs> ordered the use of the bomb therefore he killed he murdered something like 300,000 people what about all the people who helped make it so that's the other thing so yeah so there there again it gets thorny are those people murderers is J.R. Oppenheimer a murderer he made yes he he made the bomb and Again, so now uh, this is where it gets important. You ask what the question that Anscombe is asking. What was his intention? Is his intention to murder people? Is, well, yes, it, it was. It was? How so? Because he, he's building a bomb. Okay, he's building the bomb. It could be argued, I think... This is where I'm speculating. This is my, I'm, you, I'm taking her cue but, and hey, her man, Speculate away. We don't judge to say to to maybe justify that Oppenheimer is not guilty of murder, because yes, he made the bomb that would end up being used on innocent people. Okay, but this was an unforeseen circumstance—the killing of innocent people. This is where it's this is where it's it's crucial. His intention in in following his the orders from his government to to theoretically run the project that made this bomb. It was never his intention for it to be used on innocent people. It was supposed to be used on, and again, this has to be. This is something that we may never know because this is something that exists entirely in J. Robert Oppenheimer's mind, and he's now dead, so we'll never know. Um, even if he like, you know, it's kind of ironic. Do you know how he died? How they uh, he someone dropped an atomic bomb on him. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was murder. It's like the guy who created the um, whatever you call those things. Guillotine. Yeah, then got killed by it. Yeah. It's just like that, except with an atomic bomb. Ironic. What? Ironic. It is ironic, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, where was Probably I? Probably an easier way to kill somebody than use an atomic bomb, but I mean, you know, whatever. I guess so. I mean... To kill easy, one guy. It's easier and, and, and harder at the same time. It just time. seems like a lot of work. You, there's a lot of uh, collateral damage with uh, with an atomic bomb, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the argument. So that's the thing is that like, you know, Oppenheimer building the bomb, his intention was to end the war, but his intention also was to have that bomb used on military targets, let's say, right. On destroying. And that's how a lot of people still argue for the actual bombings and, 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 uh, Truman's rationale. The difference with Anscombe is she's saying that, the the use of the bombs wasn't meant to physically debilitate the Japanese war machine. The use of the bomb was intended to 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 see the destruction and the carnage that it can cause by activating it on on innocent people and saying, "Look how many deaths this caused. Innocent deaths, 
Look what this bomb can do, essentially. That, she says, is where the murder happens. That's where the murder is. The murder is not with the military targets. The military, the, the the murder or the the immoral act is not on the you know destruction of of uh, of you know economic and military infrastructure. Obviously, I mean, like if there are innocent people who happen to be around when the factory goes up, right? That's not murder. That's you know an unfortunate side effect, right? Because the intention was to destroy that facility or that 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 uh, uh, factory, whatever. In, she's arguing in this case, the intention was, to, was the deaths of these people. That's what, that's what was the message. That was the message yes. that Truman was trying to get across. Like, l- l- look, fucker, look what we can do. I mean, he got the message across. It got the message across. But it took the, two of them. <laughs> took, that's fucking wild. It took two of them. That's crazy. Which is like, fuck. <laughs> I, think, I think there's... I, like I, I, I would, I can't. I have to imagine that Truman was like nervous after the first one, being like, "No, he still? probably was like this. Yes, rules. <laughs> I get this to do it again. is incredible that I got to do it one time. I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> and now I get to do it again. Do you think he loved it? I think he returned his paycheck for that <laughs> month. I, he said, I will do this for free. Do not even... I'll do this, yeah. This is an honor to cause so much death. I'm a fucking crazy person. <laughs> yeah. And he just, again, laughed and laughed and laughed. That's why I don't get why people don't... Uh, whatever. Anyway, so so it sounds like you kind of agree with... Laughing with, Harry. With, with the gem, yeah. Yeah. The gem says, this is an evil fuck. Yeah. And he does not deserve an honorary degree hmm. from Oxford. Makes an interesting <laughs> point, yeah. So then what was people's response to her? Um, did, he, I mean, did, did, she, did he end up getting it? Well, basically, well, Oxford's response was, shut up. Dude, <laughs> shut up. Be cool. Yeah. And she was like, I will not be cool. I refuse um, to be cool. Yeah. I converted to Catholicism. <laughs> I refuse Do you think I can be cool? To be cool. Guess what? Also, she was arrested once. Guess for, what for? Um, uh, What? Protesting in front of an abortion clinic. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, lady. so she is that Catholic. This fucking lady, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, Oh, she died in two thousand one. That's a um, shame. So uh, of what? I don't know. Being too Catholic. Being too Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the last, the last thing to, that I want to bring up. There's a lot more to her philosophy, but we're running out of time. And that, that the the intention part really eats up a chunk. That's yeah. That that is that's kind of the thing that she's that, most known that, for. That, that that's what she's most known known for. I would say, and that really informs the rest of her philosophy. She does a lot of work in. Ethics. That's where you can really see the the influence of her work on intention and action, and how it relates to ethics. It's it's actually a pretty pretty obvious link, um, but it also leads to like metaphysics and her ideas about cause and effect. Um, real quick, she doesn't really believe that uh, an effect is determined by a cause. That you can have a, an effect that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, but that's we we can spend a different episode on that. Uh, and the difference between one one episode I want to do, which I I know you'll hate, is the importance in philosophy of the idea, the distinction between necessary versus sufficient, <laughs> and how that relates to cause and effect. We're gonna do one, and you're gonna fucking hate it. We don't have to do it. <laughs> now, now I want to. Why? <laughs> Because I want to see you fucking score. For what? We're friends. <laughs> so, um, 
so she does so her work on intention and action and also informs uh like cause and effect especially cause and effect in the domain of human action right like a human action can cause can be the cause of an effect obviously like you know getting into your car starting the ignition putting pressing the pedals and you know rotating the wheel in certain directions results in driving and also results in a like 2000 pound like composites chunk of like hard metal and plastic and whatever uh moving at lethal speeds yeah <laughs> you know on a just on a physical that's level that's the thing that people don't talk about how fast cars can go well and also just like how fast cars how how fast it's crazy how like we're how how close we are to death at any given time what's funny is that there's no, nothing is really like hit home for me as starting this like construction job where yeah. and all this like safety shit that we have to do like i uh, there's a reason why so uh, a fall hazard happens after six feet when you're like uh, when you're at six feet or above if you can fall six feet or more uh it's considered a, a, a fall hazard which is potentially lethal hmm. so falling if you fall like full body fall from just six feet, you can die. The reason is because the amount of force that gravity is pulling on you, since gravity is an accelerational force, so like accelerates you, the amount of force that you end up with when you hit, like if you jump, you know, your, your feet feel an impact, right? But you're only going because you're coming down from, like, let's say, I don't know what you're vertical is let's say it's, seven feet well okay so seven standing feet. still like like without running that doesn't help my example let's say it's a, f a foot or two okay no i jump seven feet straight in the air <laughs> no you don't and i flip okay, every time i can't no, because uh, then you that's impossible because if you jump seven feet in the air when you come back down the amount of force you're bringing down with you will break every bone in your feet and legs well i didn't say i can do it a lot Right, because you have to heal. Right, I do it the one time, it. and then I heal, <laughs> and then you and then break then your legs. I do it again. So I can't stop jumping. The amount of force that that hap that that is on your body when you fall six feet or more is something like it's it's like sixteen thousand pounds of weight or something like that. Sure, um, <laughs> it's like being hit by like two cars. Yeah, um, like and, and that's what you're surrounded by. That's what I'm surrounded by. Yeah, we are surrounded by we are surrounded by death really at, at any given moment. With if someone with driving trips and, and lands wrong, you can die. Yeah, but even with like just even like people like I said driving around, like people at even even working in restaurants. Technically, if something you bad happens, you are trusting could... everybody constantly. Everybody's just trusting everyone else so constantly. I have I have a, a theory. So you know how there's but their lives are trusting them. Yeah. <laughs> For two thirteen an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so there are, I guess it's like a, you know, there's like dark matter or whatever. Yeah. So dark matter is, we know, I guess it's, I think you can explain dark matter better than I can. I actually can't. I actually don't really know what dark matter is. So it's basically a thing that like we know should be there, but we can't find it essentially. And it's, it's like, uh, it makes up a significant part of. Is that dark matter or dark energy? It's dark matter. Okay. Well, yeah, because there's something about like, there's... It's something about how like we've somehow found the weight of the universe. Yeah, I think and, that's but, how but we know. Like, but then the obser the observable, uh, the observable matter. We can't see it. No, we can, that the observable matter is the matter we can see. That's less than the total weight of the universe, which we somehow know, and therefore the difference is is dark matter. Right. 
Yeah. So I think I know what the dark matter actually is made up of. Right. Uh, it's what? Uh, dead souls. And I think that's actually the purpose of life on Earth is we we born, we live, we die. We born. And then our soul. Hey, we born. We, yeah, we born, <laughs> we live, we die, and then our souls are converted into dark matter. And that's what powers the universe. The de- that's all that humanity is. We are uh, sort of a, like an energy source, like a fossil fuel. Yeah, for everyone like else, the most like intense supernatural fossil yeah. fuel. That's my the research that I've done. The screams of oblivion. Yep, power our universe. That's us. <laughs> that is us. Um, the last thing to mention is uh, again with her with her her ethics. So she, this is what's a, a little troublesome. I have to kind of like tightrope walk this uh she is an extreme heavy influence on what's called virtue ethics uh she's <laughs> why is why that is like that virtue funny? signaling or something no no virtue ethics is a is a, a a different like um approach to ethics so we talked about deontology that was our last episode actually deontology is basically the idea that there are like these objective duties and obligations that we're uh that we're beholden to um, that exist out in the universe, like we're you know it's wrong to kill, it's wrong to lie. Uh, we have a duty not to lie. We have a duty to raise our children right. That sort of thing. Okay, um, and that's what constitutes right and wrong. Then there's, what? Con- then there's consequentialism, which basically says whatever like you know actualizes the best result. That's what's that's what constitutes a good act. Okay. Hmm. Now the finally the third option I guess of these approaches is virtue ethics, which is focused less on the um less on the action and more on the uh the basically the 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 intentions and therefore the character traits that propel actions right and it's about cultivating those intentions and those uh character traits those virtues in other words that f- from which spring forth you know good and moral acts without really even thinking about it and that kind of goes all the way back to Aristotle. Aristotle was like the first virtue ethicist. Now, she's a big influence on this school of thought without claiming to be one. She doesn't say she never says or admits to being a, a virtue ethicist or a, you know, someone who adheres to virtue ethics. Um, but her philosophy kind of directly leads to that. And one thing that I thought was hilarious was like she came up with these terms called um uh, thin terms and thick terms. Okay? <laughs> and she says when when discussing more when discussing moral issues, Man, calling things what? right or wrong, call, calling an action morally right or wrong, she says those are thin terms. It's a thin term because it, it doesn't it doesn't lead to action uh because the term wrong oh that's wrong or that's the right thing to do it's very kind of abstract you don't know what's right or wrong without also knowing what that kind of action is and who the type of person is who performs that action so she says it's much more a thick term is to say that's not a wrong or right action that's a cowardly it's action it's just thick it's a cowardly action because we know immediately when someone says don't do that that's cowardly you're not you're probably not going to do that because yeah. you're like, I don't want to be seen as cowardly. I, you know, I, I, I consider myself to be a, uh, you know, an upright, brave person. Not I know you do, Ben. I'm not a coward. I'm not a coward, or I'm not a, I'm not like a greedy pig. You know, if someone says, so she basically says, and this is where she kind of gets into virtue ethics, where she says 
the actions that we uh, the actions and the and the um you know morals that we hold that we find ourselves beholden to shouldn't be uh shouldn't be spoken of in terms of in, the, in these thin terms like right or wrong they should be spoken of in these thicker terms meatier terms like that's cowardly or that's greedy or huh. that's you know or that's stupid yeah i think that's i like i think i like do. this yeah, this yeah. is a pretty interesting thing yeah so that's her vir- that's sort of where she kind of skirts the line of of being a virtue ethicist and then and then people after her kind of take that and run with it and say yeah this is a new and she paves the way for a, for well, why a doesn't complete... she want to be a virtue ethicist well it's just not that she doesn't want to be she's just you know when you're the first person to kind of carve out a new niche that becomes something big so it's sort of like she doesn't it's like she didn't really know the kind of pandora's box she was opening so it's sort of like when D- dashboard confessional is like no we're not emo we reject that term Yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. Every emo band will be like, "We're not emo." We're not emo. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like Sartre. Sartre never said he was an existentialist, and when people tried to put that label on him, he was like, "I'm not an existentialist. Like, I don't know why you're calling me that. I just do this kind of." Oh philosophy. wow, a French philosopher being difficult—that's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like everyone on the other side of the channel is like, "Fuck you, you're an existentialist." Yeah, come on, Let's dude. Stop. Stop it. Come on. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this lady's all right. She's kind of cool. I wouldn't like. She's again, like on a personal level, just like Wittgenstein. She's probably no fun. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's yeah. probably not a fun hang. Um, but I, I like the way she thinks. And um, I mean, except for the, the, uh, I wouldn't go that Catholic, even though we're a Catholic podcast. We are. We are fully uh, <laughs> sponsored and acknowledged. Fully in communion with the Catholic Church. With the Catholic Church, yeah. yeah. The in Pope members just sent us those cool winter coats. <laughs> yeah. The ones that he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. What people don't tell well, you, he though. He looks like a fucking rapper. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's what's really interesting, what people don't tell you about those about the Pope is that uh, when he sends you like those Pope jackets, there's actually inside <laughs> pockets, and there, yeah, there's uh, Jim Beam in there bottle of jim beam <laughs> for every single one that you get <laughs> fucking weird but that guy does like to party he wants other people to party too yeah he wants, he goes, people, to, he wants people to feel good he goes hey, he goes hey what's sinful about feeling good the pope yeah that's his that's a that, that's a i can quote him on that yeah what's Me- sinful about I feeling can, good i can think of like at least three like fathers of the church who have a lot to say about that oh <laughs> but we don't no. want no it's like wait wait feeling good is not a sin slow the fuck down well how about this fuck face you're dead and uh your words mean nothing to me who's the fuck face are you talking about the the whoever has a problem Saint with augustine this. or i guess <laughs> or who else st john of the cross who, who whoever the fuck st john know. of the cross you have the balls to bring him up one of them there was one like early early christian writer i think it was like origin or or i don't know was who it, it was who was like recently like like canceled like catholic canceled because like they went back like and by recently i mean maybe like in the 60s they went back and like kind of like reread his shit or something it was like after vatican ii they're like oh wait this guy this is a heresy (laughs) oh wow yeah and they're like okay so we can't we can't fuck with him anymore really yeah yeah i think he lost all his sponsorships yeah he lost yeah they pulled us yeah he got kanye dang (laughs) that's kind of strange I didn't even think you could do that. And also, it's appropriate to say you got Kanye because, like, most of these early Christian fathers, like, or uh, yeah, fathers of the church, not a fan of Jews either. No, yeah, <laughs> usually not. 
Huh. <laughs> oh, you mean those hellbound guys? <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are going to hell because they're Jewish? You mean yeah. those Jews? You mean those Jews? Hi. Early church father. How the hell are you? <laughs> Damn good to meet you. Damn good to meet you. You're not Jewish, are you? Ah. Um. <laughs> well, this this episode has been quite the ride. Yeah, I think we've all learned something. I like that. I like that that last part about like, I, and I, yeah, like not 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 thinking in terms of those thin terms, right yeah. and wrong. Those thick terms like cowardly, stupid, righteous, um, beautiful, uh, like fucking rad. Look that 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 could be. Bitchin'. I think that's a. I think that's a legit. Bitchin', I think that's those rockin'. are also rockin', legit, thick moral terms. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Guys, yeah. drop your thickest moral term in the mints. In the mints, yeah. Let us in the comments. That's what we call the what, what comments. Well, we don't have a, we don't have comments for the bad one. Yeah, we call the we call the free one the bad one. Yeah, because it's free. Yeah, join uh, join our Patreon. I learn uh, what is that? Patreon.com at I learn nothing it's backslash I learn nothing. Please, please give uh, us give us money because frankly. I think we deserve it. Yeah, you do get something. You get uh, four episodes a week, where a bonus episodes where a month. It's not a week. Holy shit! That'd be a lot of work. Yeah, uh, where Pat teaches me something. Pat turns the tables in our Patreon and yep. teaches me something random. We've learned about the Steve Bartman incident, the mainline murders. Yeah, we've the mainline um, murders are the craziest thing I've ever. I was heard. re-listening to that one today. Too. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange group yeah. of people in in that high school. Um, um, well, folks, uh, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, again, <clears throat> I cannot stress this enough. When you kill someone in a video game, it does not count as an actual death. So yeah. please, if it's been holding you back from playing GTA or, again, Super Smash Brothers, don't worry. These yeah. people have, are not real. Not only have they never existed, they will never exist. So yeah. <laughs> there is no divine spark inside of them for us to uh, yeah. to worry about. So jump so jump on in i know there's a lot of uh, stuff to be catching up on ps i think they're up to ps3 at this point so that's kind of cool check them out i guess and uh yeah thanks for listening keep on thinking hard the truth sucks time is a son of a bitch it really really is the sea is a bastard and most importantly if you're not catholic you're going to hell and here's mr big Okay, this I don't is know gonna, this. This is going to suck. <laughs> Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you. Stand up, little girl. A broken heart can't be that bad when it's through. It's through. Fate would twist of both of you. So come on, baby. Come on over. Let me be the one to show you.
To be.